Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the School of Travel's podcast. Today, I've got another couple here with me, and I went back and counted. This is actually our fifth couple that we've had on the show. Go back and check episodes 2, 21, 29, and 48 for more on couple dynamics. But this is the first time that we've had a couple that met while working 9-to-5 jobs in their home country and started to consider the transition to life on the road, despite having very different attitudes towards what full-time travel would look like. Pam, you will soon discover, is the one who started traveling at a young age, while Jan had less experience and therefore more initial uncertainty about what a life working full-time on the road would look like. Throw in their seven-year-old dog, Watson, and there are certainly compromises to be made while adjusting to their new lives. Join me for a very realistic look at what trying to transition to a life on the road as a couple looks like while balancing work, travel, and caring for a pet with Pam and Jan. Welcome to episode 53 of the School of Travels podcast. Today I'm here with Pam Smith and Jan Stute. And I hope I got that right, guys. Very well. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. I have now known you for about a year. I remember meeting you on the Nomad Cruise. Best cruise ever. And uh, we've gotten to know each other better since the summer when I visited Lisbon, Portugal, thinking about coming and making this my home. And now it is my home. And I'm so happy that you're still here. So thank you guys for coming and joining me today. Pam, can I start with you? Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, I'm already laughing. <laughs> this is so much fun. So, okay, hi, I'm Pam. I'm 38, originally from Holland, and have been traveling nomadic since 2018, something like that, uh, together with Jan. And yeah. Yeah, Jan, all right. And can you tell me a bit about yourself? Uh, well, yeah, I'm also from the Netherlands, uh, 37, uh, and um, yeah, we've, we've been start, starting traveling together since 2018, as Pam said. Um, I'm a UX designer, that's what I do for a living while traveling, and uh, yeah, that's about it, that's a short version. All right, there's actually one more person with us that you're probably going to hear in the background a bit as we're doing this interview. Uh, his name is Watson. Pam, can you tell me a bit about Watson? I love how you say that he's a person. <laughs> he's not. He's not our, he's our baby, but he's not an actual human baby. Um, so Watson is our dog. Uh, he is seven, so we've had him for a long time, and we've had him since puppy. And he travels, he travels with us um, when it's possible, of course. And he is a mixed breed between a black Labrador daddy and a English bulldog mommy. And um, yeah, that was actually a holiday romance as well. When the, the, the two owners of those two dogs were on holiday and were next to each other in the hotel or the campsite. I don't exactly know what. And then their dogs had a little romance. And then the puppies were there, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've had them since pop and... Uh, He's a, and he's a he's a, he's a cool dog. He's amazing. Everybody loves Watson. I love Watson. And I'm so <laughs> glad to have him here. He's the first pet we've had during the live interview. So Watson, wow. 
feel free to feel free to come up and add your little two cents. Does he bark very much? No. He doesn't. No, that's, oh, that's so silent. helpful. Very helpful when traveling. Yeah, no, he doesn't really bark a lot. He's very chill. Great. All right. Well, Jan, let's start with you. Let's let's learn a bit about your background with travel. Did you travel very much before you guys started this nomadic journey? Uh, let's see. Well, um, I think I, I, I started traveling. I mean, I went on holidays with my parents when I was younger and, and all that. So you get, I mean, I've been around Europe, uh, mostly France, sometimes Italy. Um, and I think I started traveling for myself when I was about 24 something like that just just like in the four years before i met pam basically and i went to scandinavia um, so i did sweden and norway so more the northern northern countries um, but this was more this was for a month so this was the longest i've been away from home and other than that was just the typical holidays with friends to greece or you know, having having some fun, and there was a lot of drinking involved back then. <laughs> uh, but it was more like the holiday travel. Uh, so for me, it was actually basically until I met Pam that I was really this flame was ignited of the possibility that I never thought of of travel. So you were like in the office working. Like I was in the office, yeah, very much a tra- traditional corporate job uh, back then, and I was actually. Yeah, doing okay and, and finishing uni and then and starting my first job um, and, and doing the, the very typical thing of, okay, and now I have a job, I get paid, uh, maybe someday I want to buy a house, very much in that mindset. All right, interesting, interesting. Pam, how about you? Uh, actually, it's, it's also very funny. I think on our, maybe our third date, um, when we got to know each other, uh, I, I already knew I really, I was really into him already, like really quickly realized, okay, this is something big. Didn't know quite what, um, back then, but like on our third day, I was like, okay, we have to talk about something. And he was like, okay, what are what, what's, what's going on? It's like, well, I have always wanted to be an expat or travel. So if we're going to continue with this and take this to the next level, I'm like, I don't know. It feels like something big is happening, but you need to be okay with that. And he just looked at me like, huh? <laughs> okay. Interesting. What do you mean exactly? What did you think she was going to say? Or do you even remember? Uh, I mean, my head was like, I was going all over the place. I'm like, what is this about? This is, it felt like, like, you know. We need to talk. Yeah. She's going to drop a bomb or something. But yeah, in the end it was just, I was like, oh, okay. Is that it? Really? That was it. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I always knew when I was growing up, uh, my parents were entrepreneurs and they did business all around Europe. Oh, wow. Um, so we did travel quite a bit. Uh, my, my dad and my grandfather played golf as well. So they, had, they liked nothing better than for summer holidays to go somewhere and like play golf all day and like be in these big, like awesome places. Not a really cool place for a kid to be, by the way, but I mean, it was fun. Um, um, but they did business all over Europe and uh, I think when I was about 10 or 11 um, friends of theirs or business relations of theirs they invited me over uh, to come spend a month uh, in Italy with their family Uh, that's what you do apparently in Italy that's quite normal like business relations like they're not um, only business it's like having a good relationship with each other as well so they invited me over so I did when I was really young and I couldn't speak Italian, obviously. Um, and I couldn't really interact with their kids. We played around like kids do. So when I came home, I, I, I asked my parents, like, I want to learn Italian now. 
I was like 11 and they were like, okay, interesting. And they realized, oh, this might actually be good for us as well for this business relationship to evolve. So let's all take family, let's, as a family, let's go take Italian lessons. So we did. And I went there again the next year, could speak a little bit of Italian. Uh, and then the year after, unfortunately, my parents divorced and like the whole business went like with my dad. And that's a whole different story. Um, but I think that kind of ignited my flame for like, oh, wait a minute. There's, it's not just vacation. There's like people living actual lives in other countries. And it's really interesting to discover what they do and, and how this culture works uh, from a normal family life perspective, because they were just... You know, they were going about their business and I was just part of their family, which was super cool. And they embraced it so much when you did ask to learn Italian. Yeah. And they, yeah, family learning. That's great. I've yeah. not heard of that. Like the parents usually send you off, you know, but the fact that they took Italian with you is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually my whole family did. My grandmother and my grandfather even joined as well, which was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that really ignited the flame for me for travel. And actually when I went to high school, I said, okay, well, I've tasted Italy a little bit now. I fell in love with it as a really young, young child, apparently. Uh, and I wanted to go back to study Italian. And my mom said, okay, well, when you finish high school, you know, just first focus on high school. So yeah, five, six years later, I still wanted to go to Italy. So she allowed me, she's like, you've been saying this for six years. You can go. It's okay. So I went there for three months to study Italian. So yeah, that was my first actual experience. I was 17, like living on my own in Italy, in Siena, which is a beautiful place in Tuscany. Um, that was scary and amazing and an adventure at the same time. Um, and yeah, after that, like back to uni, doing other things. Um, but I decided to study hotel management in the end because I think something happened in there where like I have to find a way to be able to live and work abroad and do something like that so in that sense hospitality management hotel management made sense in my 17 18 year old brain you really were thinking of travel from yes. a very young age yes I was yeah um, and of course nomading I mean this was pre-Facebook so we didn't even have social media back then so nomading it was a thing, but it was very much more um, um, like the Lonely Planet people and hippies and like really the adventurers who were out there. So to me, that was never, the, the thought never crossed my mind. So what crossed my mind was expat, work abroad, work and live abroad and do that and figure out where I'm going to go. But yeah, I always wanted to leave Holland. That was pretty obvious. I just didn't know where and I didn't know how and I didn't know when, but it was going to happen <laughs> at some point. So like you said, you met, of course, other people before, but you met Jan and something felt different very early on. Yeah. Can we talk about how you guys met, first of all, before we go forward as your Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you can, well, I've been stopping for so much, you can, you can <laughs> why don't you tell the story right now? The or, the and I'll, story. I'll add if you miss something. Oh yeah, that's, that's good, yeah. Um, so, how did we met? Yeah, it was kind of this classic story where there are two people working in an office space. So... Um, that's a boring version, but well, yes. that's how it started. <laughs> oh, we're, so, I think we're gonna get to the yeah, 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 the juicy part. part. But no, yeah. So uh, when I was still in uni, uh, I was rounding up my my uh, working on my thesis, and I was already working part time at this telecommunications com company in a call center. So um, and at some point, this um, this girl walked in, and uh, that was Pam. And she got her first official job, let's say. And uh, she, she had to check in with our office once a week because she had this, um, uh, she needed to um, work with our team. Uh, so we kind of noticed each other, um, like passing by. And I remember in those days, 
uh, I just got my motorcycle license. So that's how I came to the office. And then I walked mm-hmm. into the office with my, you know, helmet and my leather suit. And I, you know, that was, I, I later found out that Pam was kind of intrigued by that. You know. I was. I was like sitting there. This was my first full-time job. I was like a junior consultant for a consultancy company. And like he said, I checked in. We had to check in with their department every once every so often. But I was sitting there with my laptop, sitting there and going like, and then this guy walks in, takes off the motor helmet, you know, like swooshes his not long hair, but like, you know, like the whole. I'm with you, Pam. And I was like sitting there and going like, no, focus, 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 Pam. You're working. You are not supposed to. Mm." Yeah, Yeah. yeah. so that's what happened. So that ignited some sort of a spark. And actually, we kept it quite. uh, I mean, we had a coffee date, I think, once. We went out for like a smoke break or something. We had a cup of coffee together and, and just a nice, nice chat. And then at some point, I don't know, we, we never followed up on that, really. It came um, really hard when you were both in the same office. like to. Well, we weren't. So uh, this department that he was working for, the tele- it's the biggest telecommunications company in Holland. And the, the head office is in The Hague, where I was living. And the, the service and call center area was in Groningen, which is three hours up north. So that's why I was only there once every two weeks, because I had to go there for okay. one or two days to check in with them and like take care of stuff there. And then I travel back uh, and you might go back to the normal office space. So we weren't really that connected in the office space, except for that <laughs> And every time I went there, I was like, oh God, I hope he's there. Like, okay. <laughs> a little sneak peek again. But yeah, I didn't really follow through. And then at some point uh, I was reassigned, like how that goes when you're a consultant, you're like external, you know? So I got reassigned to another job, but we weren't really connected. So I... I sent everyone in that team a message like, hey, it was a pleasure working with you guys and like see you again maybe some other time. And that was about it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then <laughs> we I went think, on with our lives. Yeah. So, so about, you know, months passed by and a year passed by. And then at some point I was, uh, it was, uh, I was going to a party in Amsterdam. So I had a few of my friends that moved from uh, Groningen, which is a university city. So a lot of people that, do university there and then they get bored with that smaller city and they all move to Amsterdam for their first jobs because that's where the, the magic happens let's say everybody wants to live there so we had parties there and in the uh, back in the day these were all like techno uh, electronic music parties so we we had this big party coming up and I was there with eight of my friends and we were just having a good time and so kind of uh, paint a picture of how we because apparently Pam was at the party as well so I'm just going to tell you this was totally coincidental so we didn't we didn't know so we hadn't seen or heard from each other in a year I was on the, uh, at this party and one of my friends is like two meters tall and he has like big curly hair and he had like this lumberjack shirt like this, this very uh, recognizable he was recognizable in the crowd so he you know he was uh, uh, so Pam was there with one of uh, one of her best friends, and as it goes, when you're two girls together, you, you want to kind of, uh, you know, if one needs to go to the toilet or wants wants to get a beer, you need to have some sort of, you know, uh, point of fixation in the crowd. Yeah, like you don't want to do everything with each other the whole time. Like you know, you're having a party, and you're like, I have to pee again. Okay, fine, I'll go with you. No, no, it's fine. So we had him as our point of fixation. Like, okay, let's beacon. beacon in the crowd, follow this guy, like the tall guy. I'm like, I'm going to be right behind him. She's like, okay, got it. So there we were. And as it turns out that we had no clue, obviously, he was just a point in the crowd. 
Um, that was one of his best friends. So at some point, I think it was maybe three or four o'clock in the morning. So partying hard. And I, just, I was standing there and I was looking at my friend and I was like looking around and I saw his face and something in the back of my mind were like, I know this guy. But it was so out of context, context right? that I couldn't really figure out. But I was like, hey, he's cute though. <laughs> I know. Then he pulls then, out the motorcycle helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in my brain that's what happened. I don't know. But like, at some point it clicked. At some right? point it clicked. And I just, I remember, I was like looking at him and I went like, as that goes when you're, I know you. And he just looked at me and went like, yeah, I think I, yeah. How do I, I, I was picturing her in like this very kind of, ah. it, it, like you go to the office, a very formal attire, formal right? Attire. So I, I had this in my head and I was looking at her and like, there's something different about you. You know, I, I wouldn't have recognized her. Um, in this yeah. Category. Anyway, so that's, um, and then we, like, as my friend described it later, like you were literally two magnets circling around each other for the, for the next 45 minutes. And then at some point we were like, okay, please, can you guys just please start making out or something? Because we, we're all waiting for it. And uh, yeah, so that was fun. And then we both got really, I don't know, we, got, we were just really happy and excited and in the party. Um, yeah, so he introduced me to all his friends and all of that. And we set a date for the next day to meet in the Fondo Park in Amsterdam. Um, and we went home and I woke up the next afternoon. Woke up and went like, well, you know, it, it was a party. Probably it's whatever. Probably not going to hear or whatever, you know. And then he did send me a message to meet me in the park at some point. And it was really like in the movies. He came from one end of the park and I came from the other and we met somewhere in the middle. It was the most adorable thing. Uh, and then we hung out in the park basically the rest of the day. It was in October and it was normally in October in Holland. It can rain. It's pretty chilly, but it was a beautiful sunny day. So we just chilled in the park. And at some point it got cold, but we neither of us wanted to leave, go home, do anything. So we're like, okay, let's, you want to go get a drink? So we went for a drink. And then at some point my friend started messaging me like, dude, your, your stuff's still here. Are you okay? Did he kidnap you? What happened? Um, so yeah, and I don't really know. I think it was a Saturday um, and I was supposed to go to The Hague back home and he was supposed to go back to Groningen. So we, and we were both like, okay, well, this was nice. And like, okay, well, I really have to go get my stuff and I should go home and take the train, and I don't know what got into him, but out of character, he told me later, he just said, well, technically I don't have to go to Groningen, I can go with you. And I'm like, okay. So he came home with me on Saturday. Um, yeah, and I think that was the beginning of 10 years. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, and it was the most beautiful thing, 10, 10, 10. 10th of October 2010, yes. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. the, so this 10th year is... Uh, the cheesiest, but the kind of cute... I'm so style. happy with that day. I, I can never forget it, right? So oh. I will never miss a... <laughs> You'll never miss an anniversary. No. That's amazing. Oh, guys, thank you for sharing. And like, okay, so, the, you know, I know you've been nomads for three years, but so you had seven years to build up your relationship yeah. and, you know, learn what each other's preferences are and all the things that... Yeah. You have to, you know, and, and at the time it sounds like you are living quite far apart. When did you finally start living together and learning to compromise and... Pretty quickly, uh, pretty quickly. Was, like Jan mentioned, um, he was finishing his thesis 
Uh, and because he was working in this company, they offered him a job because he graduated. So they said like, hey, you know, you're an asset because you've been working with us anyway for so long. Don't you, would you be interested in a job in the head office in The Hague? So he was looking for a place in Amsterdam or whatever, uh, only to realize that that's still an hour by train. And then at some point I just kind of went, well, you could, I mean, crash here something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I think it was maybe six or seven months in that you, he kind of moved in with me. Um, and yeah. we started this very normal office work life thing, nine to five grind, because that's what we both yeah. were doing at the time. Yeah, living in a small apartment in the city center of The Hague and just, you know, having uh, every Friday, having drinks with friends in the local bar and, and just working like office hours during, during the week. Yeah, that was basically it. Looking forward for every to every weekend to you know get out of the office. Yeah, like, uh, but I mean, we were like so, especially in the beginning. Of course, it was really fun. Like living together when you're so in love is very special. Um, it was also kind of interesting to have. Well, for Dutch norms, it's long distance, three hours apart. I mean, for other countries <laughs> that might be nothing, but for Holland, that's literally the other end of the country. Yeah. Um, so that first six months was adorable. Like we were calling like every night and like on the phone until two in the morning and all of that, getting to know each other. Um, yeah. And then he moved in pretty quickly with me and the cat. I had a cat back then. And, um, yeah, what else? I mean, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time remembering like those first couple of years. Like we were just normal. If that is a, I mean, what is normal, but like. So it sounds like you had that talk pretty early on, though, that you wanted to be an expat, that you had this yes. this idea. Eventually, you would travel. What start? When did that really start to affect you to the point where you're like, look, we have to actually oh wow make this happen. Well, so the travel, um, I was always interested in traveling a little bit further. So we did like save up and instead of going on a holiday for two weeks within Europe, we went, we traveled together. We took like a month. We went to, to Bali, way back when it when there was no Changu yet. Um, went to Bali and we went to, where else did we go? Indonesia, Indonesia. Bali. Uh, yeah, but where else? I don't know. Yeah, we a went, couple of other places. I think that was. The, yeah, you, would hope, you would hope so. You know, we, we did, years. we did, we did. And I think the, that was the first jumping off point for me as well. Like uh, going to Indonesia was like for me it was mind blowing. I've only been that until that point. I was only in Europe, oh, ever right. been to Europe, and I for the first time was because Pam was already traveling with the best friend that was at a party. We I travel. I backpack with her. Like so, I traveled with her. Yeah. For so three she weeks, went places. Yeah. Like to Thailand and to Africa, and I I've never been outside of Europe. For so for me the first time with Pam going to Indonesia uh, was quite special. And I remember like the distinct smell when you you get off yeah. the air uh, airplane. You have this Kretek cigarette smell, the sweet uh, sweet smell that you have there that's hanging in the air, and and the total chaos and comparing to how everything is, like so neat in the Netherlands and everything is we all have like two driving lanes and everybody abides to the rules and then you get this like mind-blowing thing in Asia where everybody's like you never forget your first time in Asia I guess I guess right mind-blowing so yeah that was the first I think the first time we went traveling together for a month and that was Indonesia and Bali like Pam said 
Yeah, um, that was really special actually because my I'm part Indonesian, so we went to Java, which is where my grandfather was from, and I went to his birth visit his birth town. So that was also pretty special. Oh, we went wow. to see really cool things. Do that with Jan as well. Like yeah, that was first time in Indonesia. Yeah, pretty special. amazing. Yeah, um, pretty amazing. But yeah, so I think that was and but that one, and back then again we were still just working and doing and I was uh, I think I just maybe then started freelancing back 2014. So, um, what were you doing as a freelancer? Marketing and customer experience and communication, project management, like a, lots of things, but yeah, mostly user centric and marketing related. Right, so at some point, as you do as a couple, there you go. That was Watson. <laughs> I was wondering if Watson was allergic to my apartment. <laughs> no, he's really happy with your carpet and he wants to cuddle up on the sofa. Oh. He wants to take a nap. <laughs> No, at some point, I think like that apartment that we had together was a rental. And at some point, like the people started asking us, and you're thinking about it, like your early 30s, like, hmm, maybe we should buy an apartment. We both have a job now. Maybe we should look into this. So that became something that was more prominent. Uh, so it pushed the travel, for me at least, a little bit back. Like, okay, that's going to be interesting. Uh, so in the end, we did. And we bought an apartment and. I love renovating and I love interior decorating as well. It's that kind of a hobby thing. So like, let's renovate an apartment project. Yay. So we did that. Um, and interestingly enough, like when we finished that project, I think maybe a month later, I was sitting on the sofa and I looked at him and went like, okay, now I want to travel. And he literally went like, babe, we, like all our savings are in this house. How, what? Now you come up? <laughs> but we just bought a house or an apartment what the f like, yeah well i think we can make it work so saving saving up how much time would we need like and you what do you want to do by them too right yeah, yeah we yeah, did we, we did yeah yeah, yeah yeah we did um i love this because most people all the roadblocks and obstacles would have been there to the point where they would have said there's no way i can make hmm. this nomadic lifestyle happen i'm sure there's a lot of people out there like i have a dog i have a Oh, my own yes. place. I can't do that. But how did you guys <laughs> make this happen? That's a very interesting question. So I, this is an inter- a difference between us as well. Uh, Jan is very pragmatic, very practical. So he definitely does pull up those roadblocks. Whereas I am definitely a dreamer and an idealist and I conceptual person. So I kind of, I have an idea and I'll figure out how I can make it happen. Um, that does not mean that my ideas are always realistic, but I'm, I always feel like, well, it's, it's just something you need to figure out. It'll be fine. Uh, if you really want something, then you'll make it work in some sort of way. Um, but yeah, so that was another interesting story because that was a bit hard to find a spot for Watson. Uh, so the first thing was we weren't going to go really nomadic. For me, it was more, let's let's travel, but like longer term travel. So he asked me, like Jan asked me, like, what do you mean? You want to travel like a month to some other place? I was like, no, I, if I could, I want to take a year off and like travel the world for a year and maybe get this out of my system before I commit to the second part of my career or something. I don't really know what, what I was thinking back then. So a sabbatical, or at least like that, I want to see the world. Like I think a lot of people will recognize. And then in the end, so it was a bit a bit harder for Jan because he was he was committed to like just a, pretty much a relatively new job. Mm-hmm. But he was really lucky that his uh, corporate uh, employer uh, had a special scheme where you could take a sabbatical for six months 
and come back after uh, if you committed to staying with them for at least six months or a year after that or something like that. Even if you were a relatively new employee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I think I worked there for about a, a little, I think almost a year. Uh, but they offer that to to all employees like every four years you can get the sabbatical uh, which is a really amazing deal actually so that made it possible for for us to just to to do this longer travel and for me it was like limited to six months Uh, but that was fine for me at the time Uh, and yeah what Pam said we needed to take care of the the dog situation so that that was the whole story on itself but but in the end um, I mean, it's hard to find someone. Everybody wants to take care of a dog for a, a certain amount of time, but if you ask someone for six months, that's like a whole nother ball game, right? So luckily, my my uh, sister, uh, she was uh, thinking about getting a dog. That was actually last year, babe. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, I'm sorry. this is I the second episode. Up. Okay, oh, so just time. to give you a bit of a timeline, so we bought the apartment in 2014, and then we had to save up for quite a while. Uh, to get back on our, well, to get the savings back in and to be able to take six months off and not work because we were not going to work. For us, it was really a sabbatical. We didn't really consider nomadic life yet. Um, I think Jan, especially you, were, you were really happy having that home base and really building that like, wow, I have a home, I have a place of my own now, and we have a dog, I have a good life, I like my job. He was happy. So it kind of took him a little bit by surprise that I like sat on the sofa and went, I want to go traveling now. Um, So it took us a while and we planned our trip to start in October 2016. So it took us like a year and a half to prepare, to save, to get stuff sorted. I think that's important to know for practical people listening that are thinking of doing the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, at least a year, year and a half. Um, And yeah, with the dog. So that was a very interesting situation. I asked my mom uh, because she lives in Spain and they have other dogs there and Watson's all really fine with the dog. Um, and then she kind of backed out of it. Another long story, but no, she so she backed out of it. It happens. It is six months. Like exactly, you know, it months. happens, it's and it's a, a commitment. Um, so that kind of freaked us out a little bit because we didn't know what else to do, and we had a few months left to before we were supposed to leave. And uh, so we asked around and went around, and in the end, lucky, just our really neighbors. lucky, our uh, neighbors and who became our friends while we were living there, of course. Um, they didn't want to do it because they were both working full time. Um, but her her contact her contract didn't get extended, and like she told me about, it. I was like, oh babe, no, now what do you do? La la la. We had this whole conversation, and then the next morning I woke up and went like, I see an opportunity here. <laughs> I called her. I went like, hey babe, if you're not gonna work, would you reconsider taking Watson in? And she's went like. Yeah, actually, I would. That would be fun. Like, I'm good. she she loves walking with him as well, and she would often go with us to the to the beach or like do all those walks. So she's like, no, actually, yeah. Unless I find another job, so you have to figure out where I have to bring him then. So we arranged a backup plan where we would pay. Yeah, uh, like a dog him. hotel kind of. But it was on a farm. It was yeah. good. It was like um, my mom's one of my my mom's partner. Uh, he knew these ladies and uh, he recommended them, and we went there to meet them, and they were all fine. But it was still a paid agreement. Um, in the end, we never needed it, uh, and I think she was kind of okay with the situation. And she was like, "Eh, you know, not I'm not rushed to find a new job. I'm kind of happy taking the dog out every day for long walks." So <laughs> I love that you jumped at that chance when you saw the opportunity. I mean, if you hadn't, maybe yes. you know she wouldn't have, have been... think about it. 
ourselves, no, right? So I felt a little bit opportunistic, but I just, you know, I knew how much she enjoyed walking with Watson. If she, if it wouldn't wouldn't have been a thing, then I probably wouldn't have asked her, but I knew how much she was, like, into it. And she's actually the one who adopted my cat as well. So, oh. yeah, it's definitely... Uh, so it's her cat now, or their cat, I have to say. Watson, thank you for joining us. He's coming. coming. <laughs> so you, you were able to get Watson a nice place yes. to stay. which was amazing. You, what did, where did you go in these six months? This first, was it six months or a year? No, it was in the six, end, months. six months. It was six months initially, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think Jan, went, Jan joined me for five months. Um, we went to Asia. Um, so we did the whole Southeast Asia tour, uh, Thailand. And it was actually the time when the, the Thai king passed away. So oh. we had to rearrange our plans a little bit because they had like a hundred days of very hardcore mourning. That sounds very weird, but you get what I mean. So everything was closed and there was nothing happening. And he was a king for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, and they really loved him. Bumi Bo was a really cool guy and they, he did a lot of good for the country. Um, so yeah, we went to Cambodia, Vietnam. Um, Myanmar. Myanmar. And yeah, and that's where we did our first Vipassana. We did it together. Yeah. It was one of meditation. my bucket list things that I wanted to do. Silent meditations. Yeah. Silent meditations yeah. for 10 days. Yeah. It was quite intense. Yes, that was really intense. And... After that, I think we went to Australia and New Zealand because that was really high on both of our bucket lists. So we bought a car in Australia and were there for six weeks. And then we left for New Zealand and we bought a little camper van and traveled New Zealand yeah. for six weeks with the little yeah. van. I sold it at the end of the trip and also still discovering yeah. the possibility of maybe moving to Australia or New Zealand because that oh was my one gosh. of the so as well. Really what happened there. Like I fell in love with Australia and I think the moment we were on the road, I was already reading about nomads or people who were making money while were working on the road and writing blogs. And I started a blog <laughs> at some point. A lot of people really. yeah. get on that, you know, first long travel yeah. journey. Yeah, but really, like another, writing a blog, it's commitment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> True, Yes. And I think, so the thing, the, the well, mistake, if that's what I can call it, or the lesson learned is we traveled, we wanted to, because we only had five months, I felt pressured to see, I wanted to see as much as I possibly could. So one of the biggest lessons learned is don't do that. If you want to, like, if you're yeah. going to be, especially if you're going to be able to work on the road. Take yeah. your time. Take your time. Yeah, really Just enjoy and take everything Breathe in. and enjoy and yeah. One of the biggest things I've started doing the longer I've been a nomad is actually every place I go, I say, I know this won't be the last time I'm here. I can always exactly. come back. Exactly. Very, very smart. Abundance yeah. mentality wants you yeah. always Absolutely. to travel. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Or only do travel and don't work in those five to six months you're mm. going across. Yeah, it's, it's, a, tough, but even then, it's a tough balance. It, yeah, that balance, especially when you're like, oh my God, this is my, oh, my unique opportunity. I have to see everything now. No. Is, that's just gonna well I won't say ruin it but it's gonna put pressure on and you're you're not gonna be able to at least for me like I have trouble that's why I know I do a lot of meditation but I stay in the moment and enjoy it in the moment um, but yeah if you want to do a blog or if you want to work on the road that it's a commitment it takes time and you need to schedule you need to plan it so I kind of abandoned the blog pretty quickly I think within a month um, I was already so far behind with all the experiences that we had and all the places that we saw that I couldn't keep up with it um, because we were traveling so fast um, yeah I, was, I know that had to be probably one of the biggest issues 
I wonder though, as like a couple in this first time to have a long stint mm-hmm. of travel, what were some of the challenges you guys faced that, I don't know, maybe you weren't expecting when you got on the road? You've been together for a long time by this point. Expectations. I think we realized, the, I remember this distinctly because we kind of left, it was, it was interesting because we were preparing for it back home, but beca- especially because we had the situation with Watson, which kind of kept us up until last minute. Pretty much the last minute. So I think I booked my flight five days before I actually got on the flight. So it was really, in the end, it was kind of rushed that we left pretty rushed. Um, So we were mostly worried about that. And then we realized once we were in Cambodia, we both had this moment of like, oh, that was our first country. Oh, wait a minute. We're actually here now. Wow. Okay. But did we actually decide what we want to do and why we're doing this? So that was, we had that conversation while we were already there, um, which made it interesting. And then we realized we didn't actually plan, we didn't really write anything down. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to get out of it? Why are you doing this? And why am I doing this? Um, So, and then being able to share those expectations with each other. and it's, yeah, that was an interesting uh, insight for me back then. I'm really happy that we did. That's how, for instance, the, the meditation, the 10 day meditation came up. Um, we literally sat in a cafe in, I don't remember where, uh, and wrote a list of like, what would be the things you want to see? Oh my God, for, we're for planning me also, our trip. I, I remember, for, I mean, we're two totally different people in a lot of ways as well. So uh, yeah. like for, for Pam, she is all about the process. So she will think about what she wants to do. And she really enjoys that preparation part, let's say. I dream. And she's a dreamer. And for me, I would just be in the moment. I'm like, okay, we're in Cambodia now. Let's, I, I kind of go with the flow in that sense. So I felt in hindsight, like the first few weeks I was just kind of tagging along because Pam had a more like distinctive idea of what she wanted to see like also the idea of doing a meditation retreat it never occurred to me but like I'm like okay I don't know oh, is that a possibility and I'm like yeah sure I'm off for it let's do it so I'm, I'm always like, ad- compromise like that, that you're I, I'm you just know? adventurous and I'm I'm always up for new experiences and then I just yeah uh, so for me it kind of works it when I talk about it now, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a passive way of traveling, right? So Pam is taking care of the kind of the itinerary and, and I just tag along and I'm like, oh, fine with it. I'm like, okay, new experience. But some let's people go. love that. Some people don't want to think about like being in, let's say, I don't know, the driver's seat of every decision being made, right. you know? And if, if that's... It's so more that was, I was totally happy back then just to tag along. I think now it's, it's kind of shifted a bit, but back then I was like, yeah, let's just, I just go with the flow and it's fine. So. I don't know anything. You were very, yeah, it was, yeah. I was like always looking in the lonely planet of like, okay, what is this place? What can we do here? What's, what's the sea and how does this work? And it was very chill, which is kind of what I like because that's how we balance each other out as well. Yeah, sounds like you definitely have differences that do balance. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, that was an interesting lesson. Um, I probably would say read up a little bit more beforehand, even t- t- together. And, and figure out if you're on the same page with things. Um, I really love the idea of sitting down and having a conversation mm-hmm. because to be honest, I've never done that with anybody I was going to go on a long trip with. It was just more like throwing out ideas and booking and stuff. It was never like, what would you like to accomplish on this trip? Or what yes. are you really looking forward to? And what is a must? What is something you can you know skip yeah. if it, yeah. the weather happens or something? Yeah, 
something like that it doesn't have to be too like it doesn't have to take hours but like yeah get out of that practical level a little bit and as a couple traveling you know especially like there's so many what do you want to experience maybe even if what do you want to yeah what do you want to achieve is more businessy. <laughs> How do you guys find, because this happens, This I found this a lot when I traveled with another person before. It's always harder for me to meet people because when I'm alone in a hostel, like I just start chatting with everybody. Mm-hmm. How do you guys meet people as a couple when you travel? Ooh, do you meet people? Interesting. <laughs> well, It's a lonely existence. Uh, <laughs> Interesting question. That is, it's that's hard. It is hard um, because you tend to you tend to go for uh, Airbnbs more uh, more often. Um, and well, what we did, uh, we've traveled in in vans quite often. So you're in your own little bubble very much. Um, so meeting people together is a little bit harder. I'm really happy now that we have all these platforms like Meetup and uh, you know Facebook groups whenever you get to a new place and you can actually go there. So that is a big difference from between for me between now and 2016 when I didn't know anything. Um, yeah, and I, and I wasn't really looking for it back then. We were, like I said, we were on a sabbatical and we were traveling, like exploring the world together. I think also very much focused on each other and and really this first time doing this long trip. Uh, So in that way, maybe not as much worried about who we would meet and it would just happen organically. So if we would be in an Airbnb, we we might meet people and they hang out together. But uh, I can recognize what you're saying as well. If you're alone, then you chat up to people because... And, and also the other way around is when you're a couple, most people, they're assuming, oh, they're together. So they will not approach you as, yeah. you know, as quickly as when you're uh, traveling alone. Or a person alone might not want to approach a couple and feel like that they're Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. So that's yeah. definitely part well, of it. And that's, but that's, yeah, that's, that's changed now. But so that is the difference between traveling as a couple, I think, and maybe nomading as a couple, because then it's it's not you're not on a trip anymore. You're in your this is your lifestyle. This is the way you live. So obviously, you want to meet other people, just like you would back home and hang out with friends and do that. Um, so how do you? Yeah, now normally organically, and I think one of the reasons we actually went on nomad cruise, at least for me, uh, was definitely community. Um, that is a big a big thing if you're. In, it doesn't matter, I think, if you're in a couple or if you're single, if you're going to jump into this lifestyle, you want to find your tribe. You want to find people who understand what you're trying to do and why you're doing it without having to explain yourself every single time to everyone you meet. Um, yeah, so that's regardless. It's just as a, as a human, I guess, you need to find people who, who get you. Um, yeah, and I think when we traveled, so we get, when, I got, when we got back, in 2017, we got back from the six months. Like, he got back first. Um, I, for me, that was the, the breaking point uh, when we were in New Zealand, which was literally the furthest we could get away from Holland. So it was, like, the farthest distance. And the last week we were there, um, that was also our turning point. So we were supposed to go back to Amsterdam. Um, I think I spent a whole week crying, walking around Auckland crying. Oh. Yeah, it was really sad. Um, and... Because I was just, I did not want to go. I didn't want to leave. I was like, why, why, why would I have to go back to that life? I don't want that life anymore. So that was a big insight. And I think that was when Jan really got it. So I've yeah. been, t- I've been telling him for years, like, I want to be an expat or I want to do this. And I think seeing me like that made it really 
well, he said he's an experiential kind of person. So really yeah. seeing... That, that really clicked for me. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, you know, uh, I can see this, this really gets to you in, in a way that's more than just, you know, this, this is something you need to do. Uh, so then, then I, it's not that I didn't take it seriously before, but I was like, okay, this is, this is so deep for you. You really, you, the Netherlands is just not the place where, you, where you're happy. It's not a place for you. So, um, yeah, I needed to get back, uh, of course, after the six months because I had to fulfill my contract with the company I was working for. Um, and I said, well, I, I think one of the things I said, um, like, you don't have to go. You don't have to go back. Um, so I have to go back because I have this commitment with my company. But if you, if you want to keep traveling, please do. Uh, so that's kind of what we decided back then. Like um, I went back to the Netherlands, and Pam had her own ad adventure after that for for a little longer. Wow! I did. <laughs> How much longer did you keep traveling? I think about three months. That's so, amazing. Yeah, I went back to Australia and stayed with some people I knew there to figure out what I was going to do because this was not planned at all. Um, I was like, okay, uh, and I went to India. Uh, I did yoga teacher training, and I yeah yeah I did the whole. <laughs> I have to figure this out for myself now, Trip. Um, so I went to India. I did go back to Thailand because Thailand was open and I wanted to uh, see Laos. We didn't, we didn't go to Laos. Uh, and to Chiang Mai. Uh, like I said, India and then to Sri Lanka. Um, and pff, Sri Lanka is, by the way, one of the most beautiful islands I've ever been to. Uh, it's an island, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, yeah, so I, I loved Sri Lanka. And I was there. I was like, okay. And... It, when I was there, it was open-ended. I didn't decide yet. I didn't book any ticket back to Amsterdam, so it was really open-ended. But when I was there, I did realize, like, I we're in this together. Like, I was going to say, how did you feel traveling without Yolanda? Amazing. I love. We I, we still do it sometimes. Um, um, it is important, like, right, to have that space to yourself to process what you are curious yeah, about. And, yeah. and for us, it works. Uh, I mean, I don't. I know other couples that don't travel longer term, like apart from each other uh, so we did last year after the cruise uh, Jan went back to Europe picked up Watson and went to Bansko for a while got stuck there with, with COVID and I went to Bali instead so for a few for a few months um, and it's kind of nice to be in your own space again and I think we have the, we've been together for such a long time we have the, the bases and like, trust is not an issue for us not at all um, and it's yeah, and I think uh, it's also the realization that okay, you're a couple, you've been together for a long time, but you're also an individual person that have their has their own needs, and and you always need to sometimes uh, you know get out of that, especially when you're traveling together. It's in a sense, it's a way more intense lifestyle than than most couples have that have a regular life that go to their separate jobs and come back at the end of the day and then discuss how their day was going while we are basically 24-7 together in a way. Such a difference, yes. So it makes such a difference. So sometimes you need to have your, your alone time, let's say, and, and, and that works very well. So luckily I love the snow and winter sports, so I can I get and to I go hate and it. she hates the cold. <laughs> so we have a good compromise there. I, I, I'm happy to go to, you know, to, to do some active, like, like Bansko was, was really nice. And then she could go to Bali. Uh, and then we, you know, after a month or so, or two or three months, whatever time, then we get back together and we go 
on this new adventure together again. So, yeah. you know, it works really well. So that that's one of the things that's really important to keep the balance, I think. I have to say, I've heard a lot of stories. I've actually been in hostel rooms where a girl is breaking up with her boyfriend right mm. there on the phone because there's no trust there. They mm. can't be too much longer without seeing some social media posts that are raising flags and all these things. And right. Trust is just so important. It's the key yeah. in these connections with this long distance yeah. travel and yeah. communication. And it sounds yeah. like you yeah. guys are really well adjusted yeah. to that. Yeah. And I can totally empathize with, with um, people who I meet, who I've met now, who are single now and are meeting people on the way and, uh, dating or starting a relationship and getting to know each other from from that nomad life, that is different, I think. I mean, I, I can't say, but I can empathize for sure. Like, we've had a six or seven years of relationship building uh, before we dove into this lifestyle. Um, and I think that's definitely... Yeah, I'm not going to say game changer, but definitely makes a difference. Mm. What are some, this, this, I don't know how hard this question is going to be, but what are some tips that you would give to people that are thinking of starting to travel nomadically as a couple who already were, who already right. were a couple, let's say, or? I think what you need to have some sort of routine where you check in with each other every now and then. So there's a lot happening, especially when you're traveling for the first time or as a couple and you might have some unexpected things happening to you or feelings or anxieties or whatever. So I think you need to be very uh, comfortable with each other or even just plan like like every Sunday we're going to grab a coffee somewhere and have, have a talk about how we are. Are we still kind of on the same path? Do we want to want to do the same things? I think that's something in hindsight that is something I would definitely recommend to just check in with each other on a regular basis. Yeah. And so you, you, your routine is different, especially when you're transitioning, when you're just getting started. I like a metaphor that, um, like of the, the chair, like there's a couple of, there's a few legs in uh, the chair legs in your life. So you have family, you have home, you have work. And what else do you have? Don't remember what the fourth was. Maybe it's three. Um, but when you, when you ditch that home, that steady home base, so you cut off one of the legs. That's okay, and I mean, we can still kind of balance on three legs, um, but if you cut out more, like if more stuff is up in the air, then you quickly can lose your balance. So if if you are a couple, so if you are and you have your romantic life together, um, try not to cut the leg. <laughs> And work on it. So as Jan said, like communicate with each other, check in with each other. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Maybe even more than what you would usually do. Um, because especially if you have been in a relationship for longer and you have that routine. It's all um, about you're, you're, you're falling into this trap that maybe you assume things. Yes. And now you're in this totally different environment that these assumptions, they don't fly anymore. They don't fly anymore. So. Exactly. So you have to check in. And I mean, travel for me means growth always and it's a, it's an amazing opportunity to grow and you're gonna uh, process the same experience you're, you don't assume that you're processing the same experience in the same way so uh, something that I find amazing might might be totally different for Jan or I really enjoy something and he hates it there or mm-hmm. um, so yeah communication is even more important like how do you how did you process all of this what's going on um, you're in you know unstable and you exactly. know, insecure environment mm-hmm. and so you don't know yeah I, I imagine you're not gonna 
react the same way you'd react in your hometown yeah. or where you've been living for eight where years. Where you know everything and everybody and every... And, yeah. Yeah. and give each other time to adjust to the new surroundings as well. Some people, for some people, it's really easy and some people need some really some time to... I, like I told earlier, the first time I went to Asia, that's kind of like mind-blowing. I really to need, needed to kind of a few days to at least to... Well, this is, this is a new thing. What's going on? What am I? All these sensations you're feeling. And if you're finding comfort in certain things from back home that suddenly aren't there, right. all the food is different, like, it yeah. can be, yeah. It can be quite overwhelming, yeah. yeah. And I really enjoy that. <laughs> so she thrives, or she gets like, yeah. yay! Yeah, and yeah, I sometimes really need some more time to digest, and then I get, you know, yeah. comfortable with the new situation. Whereas I'm the other way around. Like, I just dive in, and then I might retreat a little bit later and go like, okay, now I need to process all of this. So, Jan, did you come back? You worked for six more months or another year? Yeah, so the interesting thing was then we had this whole episode, I would say, like, Pam was, like, totally, you know, emotional and didn't want to come back. And then we decided, okay, you you keep traveling, I have to go back. And then the, the thing that for me was when I came back to the Netherlands, and this is very typical to how I process things, I need to experience it. So when I got back home, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel like I'm back home. It's, and, and this is also a realization, kind of the cheesy thing, but, you know, I'm home where Pam is. Like, this might sound really cheesy, but this is actually the, the, the thing that I was there, and I'm like, well, I don't really, what I'm doing here? It felt just I have this obligation work-wise. But, and then I figured, I, that was for me, it was also kind of a, a turning point where I realized, well, I, this isn't, I mean, this place, this is not, uh, you know, this, this isn't the place I want to spend my time. So, yeah, then I think that made it a whole lot easier. So I had that kind of epiphany moment. And then after a few months, Pam came back. And, yeah, Pam basically said to me, like, uh, all right, give it a year. I don't want to spend any longer than one year. And then after we, we just, you know, we go. That's also a nice compromise. I mean, you could have just come back, but for a very short time or been like, I'm just going to keep on going. I figured this out. The marketing yeah. online. You know. Well, no, I was, I wasn't working. So it was definitely, yeah, I came back, said, okay, I'll, I, I can give it a year, but no, we need to figure this out. But in all honesty, that was, I came back in May or June or something. That was not an easy summer. So we went really rock bottom uh, talking to each other. And I think that's what ultimately made us stronger because we went there. And at some point we literally had sat at the dinner table and said like, okay, well, you know, what I want for you and for both of us is I want you to be happy. So if we want different things, if I'm so sure now what I want to do, and if that is not what you want, then maybe we shouldn't be together. And just going there and opening up that line of conversation with each other uh, made all the difference. Um, uh, it was very emotional and very, wow, very intense. And it took us a while to kind of find our ground there and figure out if, if, if that was the answer or the solution or not and why not and how that worked. So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of reflection and, and thinking and, well, personal time, I think, like figuring it out for yourself. Um, and then we realized in the end, like, well, in, in the core, in our core, we have the same set of values and we want the same things. We are just very different people and very different in the way we approach life. Um, 
but yeah, in, in, in its core, we both really value freedom and adventure and all these kind of things. Um, so yeah, I think we came out a lot. We came out stronger in the end yeah. because we went there. Um, and we now know that that core is very solid and we lose each other in the, in the outer ring sometimes where when we get, you know, I want to go left. No, I want to go right, but why? And then, <laughs> but we know in the core that we are still... Yeah, that's something same. you can rely on. Yeah. Definitely. How was becoming nomadic in the first few months? Did you guys travel quickly as, I mean, you said you learned that lesson the first one year that you, mm -hmm. you know, were traveling that you can't, it's hard to balance, but were you, yeah, did you guys stay somewhere for like three months when you first no, went? No, we, we, we compromised. We went, we, yeah. Wait, we compromised? <laughs> <laughs> because that was the topic of this conversation. No, just kidding. Compromise. We compromised. So give it a year and figure out how are we going to do this? Um, for Jan, a home base or some sort of stable ground, if you will, is more important than for me. Uh, I would have been perfectly fine with getting back on the road, going back to Asia, traveling a lot slower than we did the first time around, because that was his, mm. that was what you were afraid of as well. Like, oh my God, no way. Like that was too fast. I couldn't even process anything. Um, but for Jan, like home base or like solid ground is more important than for me. Um, so... He, well, I won't say veto, but yeah, just for the sake of the, for lack of a better word, he's like, well, I kind of don't want to do that. Like move from Airbnb constantly. I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready for that type of lifestyle. Like, okay. Um, the other, another option more on Jan's side was, well, we can move somewhere for three or four or five or six months and see how it goes. Um, that to me didn't feel very satisfactory because I was like, well, then I might as well stay here. You know, what's the point? Like live somewhere else and then, I don't know. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to explore, like there is a ton of things that I wanted to explore or we both wanted to explore. Um, uh, I was trying to transition my career. Uh, one of the insights I had from, from traveling and being in India to, to being more sustainable and to turning it into, I didn't know what, but somehow enter the, the field of sustainability. And one of the things I got really interested in the topic in, in practical ways as well. So I wanted to explore what it was uh, to, to, to look at land and like, is it possible to buy land and own and build your own farm? And in New Zealand, the, the, there are the founders from, of permaculture. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they are from New Zealand. Uh, that's a different way of looking at agriculture, um, working with nature and not against it. It's a beautiful, beautiful expression. Um, but we went to some uh, intentional communities when we were in New Zealand. I was kind of fascinated by the topic and I wanted to look into it more and alter these like alternative ways of communal living. Um, how does that work? Uh, community building, like all of that and being more, um, uh, well, sustainable, <laughs> living more in line with nature. Um, so that was something that I was interested in. I didn't necessarily have it on my priority list as now, but um, it was one of the options. So we ended up compromising and buying a camper van. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. So solid ground <laughs> for Jan. Solid ground for Jan, like home, little bubble, and being on the road for me and having the opportunity to explore uh, Spain and Portugal and connect with people there or explore like whatever you want, whatever it was we wanted to explore. Um, yeah. We went to the coast for, for surfing and other stuff. And we went inland to, to visit other people's farms. And uh, I did a training, a couple of trainings there and more stuff. Yeah. Oh. So we compromised. <laughs> All right. 
And how did you, I, I could, I mean, really, I know that's a whole other episode in itself. How was that RV journey? But, I know. Um, yeah. look, I know. Looking back before, let's like stop right when hmm. the borders started closing, let's say, because that's a different thing. Hmm. But how has this nomadic life lived up to its expectations that you had? It's only getting better. If that's, uh, yeah, it's only getting better. I think um, regardless of the whole story of the RV life, um, it's how we, it was the start really of it um, because I was really looking for that tribe, like I mentioned earlier, uh, community, finding your tribe, finding the people that like get you. One of the things I always say is I want to be somewhere and be with people where I'm celebrated and not tolerated which is kind of what I was lacking. Um, of course, I have I have really dear friends back home that I do not mean with this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that I'm, I don't mean with that. But yeah, that is something that I was looking for. Um, and I think we met some people who were doing camper retreats, which was uh, Brit from Cruise 7 and a lot of other people who were on a Nomad Cruise. And I had heard about Nomad Cruise, but... It wasn't a thing for us because we weren't nomadic. And then Jan was like, what? Why would I want to hang out with a bunch of nomads on a boat? Like, I'm not a nomad. I just have a job and I don't know about these people. And nah, not my thing. Some people are just nat cruises in general. I have to Good say. point. Fair it's enough. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but then like through the, through the RV, through the camper van, we met a few people who had apparently all been on the nomad cruise which was hilarious yeah. uh, and that's how we did get involved with this community and they kind of convinced well they didn't have to do much to convince me they convinced Jan to go on the cruise um, so they convinced us to go on uh, on cruise 10 and, and I think that was another major game changer like meeting all these amazing other people and the way that they built this life for us we were still figuring out like career transition uh, I wanted to, I did the made a career change. Jan wanted to do a career change. So another word of advice, don't do what we did because we literally threw everything around. Like we both switched careers and we went nomadic. Yeah. So that is not, has not been easy. If you can find clients in a job first and then go nomadic. <laughs> I would definitely recommend that as well. Yeah. That, that was my story and it was that's, really sim- seamless. So it was yeah. just like, yep, same thing. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's, that's no the surprises. word of advice for sure. Exactly. So that is definitely an advice that I give to everyone. Like, don't do it the way we did necessarily. Um, How about you, Jan? How is, I mean, I know you, it sounds like you were the one that needed more convincing to get on the road and start being nomadic. Mm. Has it? How has it lived up to your expectations or well i or think the, well the, yeah as, as pam said the, the whole nomad cruise community that that was a big game changer for me so before you you are basically on the road together and uh that was something we discovered as well like yeah i mean you're, you're traveling together but you're always together and the, the you miss like having people around that you, you you know you can rely on you can you can talk to um and this nomad cruise community made it made it you know, for me, like, hey, this is actually a lifestyle that works well for me. And, and you were you, a little bit, you had, you had an opinion before. You had opinions about nomads. Because you're one of, well, your job used to be coaching. Uh, so health and lifestyle coaching. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should as well. You definitely had an opinion about the idea of like, okay, so this is all Instagrammers and online marketeers and coaches that think they're coaches but I don't know and like so he was definitely a little bit opinionated 
um, which is fine. If you're looking from the outside in, it can appear to be that. And I think meeting a lot of people and hearing and about what they do for work uh, to sustain this lifestyle, I think that was also an eye opener for you. Like, oh, okay, it's you know you can do it with all sorts of kinds of jobs and. There's a wide range of people out there, but what you're exactly. seeing are the people that are on Instagram telling you about it. Exactly, exactly. So, so if that's all you know at that point, um, it can, well, it can be, I don't know, what it can be daunting or you can have an opinion or you might have a little bit of resistance towards it. Well, like, it's, oh. it's also okay that if you, if you only see the, the Instagrammers, let's say, then I'm not an extroverted person. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not the one talking like all the time. <laughs> Sorry. It's one of balance. my yeah. No, that's the balance. Balance. That's balance. That's the yin and yang. You know. That's that's how it works. Uh, but yeah, so the balance is important. Uh, no, so so for me that was uh, kind of an eye opening experience to really be part of this community and then meet all these people that are not all Instagrammers and no, I have nothing against Instagrammers, but it's just it's not the way I would uh, I would uh, um, it's not for me as a business. Let's say. And that was your perception of that. That's what digital nomads do. If you don't meet the people who do the actual work, if you will, sorry guys, <clears throat> the other work that's possible. Um, well, and it, it opened up my eyes to all the endless possibilities that that you can, you know, uh, make this lifestyle work. So um, yeah, that was really refreshing as well. So that that's I mean that's what you get when you meet all these different people on the cruise and. I mean, they're all nomads, but they're all so different in what they do and how they approach things. And that was, for me, um, I was like, wow, this is super interesting. And it really got me on this nomad train. And I think it's fair enough to come in having some of those assumptions just from, like you said, some things you see maybe on a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people go first if they're trying to explore this lifestyle. And you see people that are very extroverted that are selling a lot of yeah. like you have to be they're quite good at sales and you're like oh i'm getting a creepy sales vibe and maybe that's yeah, what yeah. the whole thing really is yeah, but yeah you peel back the first layer of the onion yeah. and the second and you're like oh there's a lot of people and they're very genuine and they're yeah. you know so all, yeah all in all that was i think for me the, the the whole nomad cruise community was for me um that helped me to to convince myself that this was a lifestyle that i could actually pursue uh, and make work as well. And what is so interesting is I also went on Nomad Cruise 10 as my very first cruise, and that was at the end of 2019. And so you discovered this nomadic lifestyle that you're looking for, but right. then the borders close and you end up having to, <laughs> like we're all here in Lisbon together, you end yeah. up having to learn how to stay in one place again. And yeah. how has, the, like in a nutshell here, how has 2020 changed your perception of nomadic life? Well, it, it, it kind of, for me, it was always clear that uh, you have this, this very diversity within Nomad. So some people like to travel still like every, every few weeks to another place. And I've, I've never, that was never my intent. So I, I want to be Nomad and I have this idealistic vision that I would be perfectly happy having like three or four hubs that I could like three months here, three months there like every every three or so months to go somewhere else so for me i've been talking to other people and they felt really restless because they felt like okay i'm like i cannot go anywhere and i'm kind of locked in uh but my year started in bansko and uh i i was only there for two weeks and then there was a hard lockdown there and that the lockdown the way they 
um, the lockdowns done there, you have a lot less freedom than you have here in Lisbon. So for me, after Bansko and coming to Lisbon, it was like a you know breath of fresh air almost. Like this isn't if this is lockdown in Portugal, I'm I'm fine. I got you my know? freedom back. This is I can still go outside and I don't have like police harassing me like what are you doing out in the street and I need to in Bansko was like I was walking a dog and it would even like t tell me to go back inside and so then Lisbon and everything was still kind of open so we still could do meetups and I mean with restrictions but still so for me it wasn't like I, I didn't perceive it as a hard year or at all actually I mean I've been to maybe normally I would have been then to four places and I've only been to Bansko and then Lisbon so yeah a little bit less travel but I still got to meet a lot of people and the one benefit of COVID actually was that there were so many nomads in Lisbon that I really got to meet so many people way better probably than I would have because otherwise people fly out and fly in and you don't get to spend a lot of time with the same people yeah I didn't so, get to know you guys very well on the cruise at all but ever since Lisbon that's what I mean like so everything has its upsides right so for me it was actually I, I really enjoyed it that that there were so many people here in Lisbon to get to know better. And enjoying, because it's still yeah. what it is. I mean, even though we're we're in hard lockdown now, so we don't get to hang out as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's nice to have uh, the opportunity to get to, to know people on a, on a deeper level. Um, so this is, it feels like a time, like Nomad Cruise is always, it's a frenzy of meeting so many people. And with all the meetups happening, uh, and stuff going on and even though we're, we try to go deep so I love Joe's game of campfire uh, like those kind of we seek out those opportunities and really making the most of it because we're always transient if you will don't have so much time don't have so much time so go deep go, go fast go deep very like that um, and now it's actually kind of nice to relax into it a little bit and just have throw a regular dinner party you know, like, oh, I'm cooking for eight people. Not now, but I was cooking for eight people. Awesome. I haven't done that in That's ages. That's super yeah. hard when you're in a hostel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or and a it's, tiny Airbnb. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice. Um, yeah, it's kind of nice having that experience as well. Well, what, what are you guys, what are your plans for when all the borders finally open again? Oh, what's your big, what's your, like, the number one thing you'd like to do? Oh, my goodness. Let's start with you, Jan. <laughs> I haven't even th thought about it. Yeah, well, it's not entirely true. <laughs> you have to mind at some point you'd like to take a flight. You have to pick one? Oh my gosh, no. Well, so there, there are a few. I, I have this bucket. I mean, you have time to think about things, right? So you probably everyone has created a bucket list by now with things like, okay, this, this, and this, and this. So I've been really uh, on the cruise as well. I've been on these amazing diving trips. And this is one of the things, like as soon as I can get the opportunity, I want to, one of the things I wrote down, I want to go to the Galapagos and do a dive trip there. Oh, so yeah. this will be the ultimate reward for me, just to go go there and explore the oceans there. Amazing. And live aboard. Live aboard trips yes. would be really yeah, nice. Yeah, that, that's, that's the main thing. So uh, for me, it's, it's kind of a reward thing. So I need to accomplish some, some business goals first. And then I can kind of treat myself to a, to a liveaboard trip to Galapagos. So that's one of the top things. But, by the way, guys, liveaboard trips are when you're sleeping on the boat that's yeah. allowing you to scuba way out off the coast instead of just doing a short trip. On exactly. Day. So you get yeah. to see all these awesome places. Yeah. And Pam? 
Um, so I had some time thinking about. Uh, so I have two. Uh, one of the things that got cancelled uh, because of COVID, like so many other things, is I um, forming the habit now of doing one of those ten day meditation retreats once every one half year, and it's just really an amazing opportunity to zone out for like you're just out off of the world. You're, you have to hand in your laptop, your phone, and everything. So there's no nothing happening, no input, um, which is transformational um so that is very high on my list um as soon as i can and travel wise a destination that's been really high on my list uh also from a sustainability perspective because a lot's happening there but like i've heard so many good stories is costa rica i really want to go to costa rica um yeah i think it's open now i think it's like one of those places but you'd have to yeah it's you got to do some hopping to get there at this point so yeah no, I think I think for now we're we're okay. Like our plan for twenty twenty, which has been postponed a little bit, but not really. Uh, we sold our house last year in twenty nineteen, so our plan for twenty twenty was to find some sort of home base in Europe, uh, at least somewhere where we felt comfortable enough to return to every year, like spending summer in Europe and as a jump off point to yeah. visit other people or other countries. Um, and Portugal, because we traveled here before with the van, was number one on our list the one to beat uh, and with a weird twist of fate we did end up here now uh, living here which is interesting um, so uh, yeah it's actually it's kind of it's okay for now I think we're happy with it uh, might continue that journey as well a little bit uh, maybe solidify uh, I don't know if I don't know if we're going to go for residency yet but um, yeah d- dive a little bit deeper into that op- option I, I do want to ask, thank you guys, first of all, for sharing so much with me and sharing this, like, like giving us a picture of how you got from, you know, just that traditional life to this mm-hmm. life of a nomadic, on this nomadic journey. Oh gosh, I feel it, like it's so scrambled. It's like so chaotic, this story, but... Uh, that's God. life, though, isn't it? Life yeah. does not go in a straight line. Fair enough. Especially in a couple. I mean, you're compromising and learning just, together growing together and looking back over these years and kind of forgetting bits and pieces like oh no that was first and that was, that was I, then. I forget the timeline sometimes you're, you're like, like wait my dog was actually watched by a completely different person at yes. that time in my life well yeah his sister so no no we have to we have to compliment his sister because that is true she did she took care of Watson when we were on the cruise and when we were in Asia after that and she wanted to try you know she what was a test run she has her own dog now Tess a beautiful other dog <laughs> I don't know what, what brand what breed what brand sorry <laughs> what brand of dog uh, but yeah yeah so and Watson is now is he sleeping he's, yeah, he's calmed down after all this time yeah but guys if, if people want to follow you or learn more about what it is that you do where can they go okay so social media not really my thing uh, I'm working on a personal website which would be my full name PamelaSmith.com um, I will put a link to that in the School of Travel. Yep, I still have to put it live, but um, so it list like the projects that I'm working on and the main business that I have together with another nomad is the Green Sprint. So we do thegreensprint.com. Thegreensprint.com. We do consultancy and innovation for sustainability challenges. All right, and yeah. Uh, well, business-wise, I uh, have uh, my website to graphicdesign.com. And uh, on Insta, I do a bit of a niche thing where I do illustrations as well for uh, motorcyclists. And this is student motor design. Cool. 
Okay. Yeah. And I'm also put links there. I yeah. love I love your Instagram channel cool. by the way. Even Thanks. though I've never driven a motorcycle, I'm like this is it's so detailed. Mm. It's really I'm not an artist either, so I'm just blown away. Oh, but, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. And I hope for my own selfish reasons that you stay in Lisbon as long as you can. <laughs> and I'm Watson sure. as well. Yay. I'm sure we'll be here for a while. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Pam, Jan, and Watson for sharing your stories as you adjusted to a life so many people dream about, but that also comes with a lot of challenges that most people don't even consider when thinking about working remotely as a couple. I really loved how Pam and Jan are not afraid to travel separately to give each other the chance to fulfill their individual travel dreams. But they also balance this with lots of time on the road together, whether it's in an RV or on a cruise full of digital nomads. After revisiting the episodes I've made with different couples, I'm reminded that there is really no one way to travel, and you can make your traveling life exactly the way you need it to be, whether traveling solo or as a couple. The important thing is that you give yourself the chance to try it if travel is something you've been considering. I will put the links to Pam and Jan's social media accounts on theschooloftravels.com. Please be sure to check them out and join me for our next episode with an interview with the founder of the Nomad Village on the beautiful island of Madeira in Portugal. Until next time, listeners, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world. Living in this perfect world